Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave enough. Take it away, Shay. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Shay, and I'm here with my good friend Tom, and we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 3, Episode 17 of Scare Your Pants Off, our American road trip. In today's episode, we've set up camp in New York. How are you doing, Tom? I am really, really good today. How are you? I'm really, really good, too. I hear, if I don't think I'm mistaken, that you are on vacation, and you are not working a lot this week for a change. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yesterday was my first day. I um and just kind of doing stuff, getting ready. The working the hours I work, it's like I need a day or two just to acclimate to you know get back to being a like morning because I'm vacation. I want to enjoy the day and not sleep my whole day away. So that's what today, uh, yesterday, part of today, I'm and just going to finish packing up because then heading down to the beach house for a week, um, either tonight or get up tomorrow and go kind of see how I feel later today after I finish doing everything. So yes, I need a break. I, I just, my, my, I take like one vacation a year and, I might start taking another or two because I'm bur- I was burnt out by the time it got to yesterday. I was like, oh, this came at a perfect. I mean, vac- all vacations come at a perfect time always, but this yep. one came at a at a really really good time. So yeah, and catch up on movies and shows and all that good stuff. So it should should be good. What you been up to? I've been so. Uh, but at the time of recording this, uh, I we have not gotten married yet. Not not Tom and I, meaning Eric and I. I Tom and I don't believe we're getting married anytime soon. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I'm just kind of like dealing with like figuring out like the wedding stuff, and um, you know people are on getting close to like the last couple of days they have to RSVP before you know so I can actually plan and whatnot, and just kind of figuring stuff out, and um, we're just having a little, it's just a little backyard shindig and nothing super duper fancy because we're not super duper fancy people, but that has been a big chunk of my time. Oh, I bet. I bet. I, I am looking forward to it. It's funny. I was looking at the, the uh, invitation just yesterday as I was cleaning and uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. Good time. Yep. But I, I, I can totally see how it'd be kind of, you know, very time consuming and stressful and regardless of it being a smaller laid back one it's still a wedding mm-hmm. you know it's still still a wedding and it's it's that's it's a lot of work it really is this is true um another fun thing actually though has happened um speaking of new beginnings mm-hmm. uh we as in you and i have just started our new journey toward a real website like a real people we own our own domain website mm. and i'm super excited 
Yeah, that, that's going to be awesome. It's, um, you know, because we we have like the the landing page, I think a lot of people call it, right? Um, like the pod so page one or whatever. That actually, that actually just expired, believe it or not. That oh. and yeah, and that that website for me or that thing for me ended up with just a lot of phone calls I didn't want and a lot of spam I didn't want. So now uh, with the help of my fantastic stepson, Zach, and correct, uh, we are getting a fully functional big podcast website. Like we're adult podcasting almost, like we're adult podcast almost. And I'm very excited. We're like coming up and, uh, you know, we're going to have some, uh, show upgrades and changes coming for season four, and I am I'm just super. I literally can't believe we're already planning season four, and I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, I know it is. It's exciting, and it's just just for the audience members out there. It's just really going to make the show better for you guys in in the long run, and that's what we're working on, and or they're working on, and uh, I'm excited too. It's just we're gonna have a, a slicker, more professional look to everything and more resources as well, places where you can go and stuff. So yeah, very, very exciting news. Can't wait. Yep. Can't Absolutely. wait. Um, so do you, have you, uh, you watched anything good recently? So, you know, it's funny. I know you're going to ask that. So I didn't, there was something that I paid attention to that I didn't watch, but I feel like I feel like it fits in here. And uh, I believe there was a there was a meeting of some sort um, in the last couple weeks of when we're currently recording this. And I think it's really, really possibly humongous news, or at least distracting news, depending on how you want to look at it, um, for our strange encounter segments. The I'm meeting. Sorry. The meeting with the Senate. Oh, oh, thank you, God. I, I got lost for a second. Okay, I, w- I was focused on, yes, yes, that was, I didn't, I haven't watched that. I, I've, I've read some transcripts and stuff. I just haven't had the time to sit down and actually watch it. Did you actually sit down and watch parts of it, or? I caught clips of it, so I didn't sit down and watch the whole thing, but I was dis- listening to, like, um, just a couple podcasts that will talk about it, and, like, it's been on TV and stuff like that, so I've been paying, I can't, I don't have the attention span to sit down and watch that, but yeah. I'm, I have some thoughts, and I know they're, I know they're um, probably not the most mainstream thoughts, but I feel like you might have similar thoughts. We've talked about this before, so every time we do, like, Strange Encounters, you hear, oh, you know, the government said, you know, uh, paid this person to shut up or forced this person to shut up and the men in black and the this cover up and this conspiracy and this and that. I've seen a couple other people, not the majority, say that they have a similar feeling to what I have. Why now? Why now of all of the time, what is going on? Why are we looking up to the sky? What are we not looking at? What is happening? Because now, now it feels like, you know, we were looking here and we were seeing this because you weren't telling us about the sky. And then all of a sudden you tell us about the sky and we're all looking up like a bunch of morons. Why? Why are we all looking up? What is what is going on around us? That's how I feel. Yeah. And that's that's the more I'm, you yeah, know, um, 
what I've looked into in the hearing on some of the podcasts that I just um, that I listened to them kind of talking about, uh, they have a, a very similar sentiment on it. What's going on? Actually, and I want and I wanted to give it a shout out anyway and kind of tell you about it. So the actor Paul Giamatti, Paul mm-hmm. Sideway, has a podcast about paranormal stuff called Chinwag. And what? yes, Chinwag, C H I N W A G. Chinwag is uh, an old sort of arcane term for a conversation, a where people sit down and do it. Uh, it's him and his friend Stephen Ozma, and uh, they talk about paranormal stuff. And he knows quite a bit, and and they just kind of, they kind of riff and have fun. And they were talking, and he had a similar sentiment, and kind of you know, why now? And and so Paul Giamatti was even talking about this. Well, it's in the Senate. He's like, it sh- I feel like it should be a bigger deal too. He goes, yeah, it's it's happening, but they're the way they're talking about it. It's just like, yeah, there's stuff in the sky that we don't know what it is. That should be a big effing deal to people if there's stuff flying over our country we have no idea what it is that should be a bit and the way they're they're talking about is nonchalant but we also brought up the you know why now you know what is what is is this a smoke what's going on here is it smoke screen is it you know like this is what three four years after that release of the footage that you know that would it would make like more sense to have a closer when they released all that footage back in the day uh or back in the day a few years ago um yeah very very strange very um i i i and like you said i don't think i'll sit down and watch the whole thing but i definitely want to sit down and just kind of you know at least fast forward through it and and catch some parts of it because i am very very curious and just have to have the time yeah it's strange now so one thing one theory that i kind of have and and i've heard a couple of people kind of also speculate something similar is that they're telling us now because maybe so and i've said it before as as a country, we poke a lot of bears. We stick our head places. We it's what we do. It's and I I don't agree with it, but I don't run the country, so whatever, it's mm-hmm. gonna happen. Now we've gone into space now, and we're poking around out there, and we're I I'm scared that we did poke a bear, and that's why they have to tell us now. That's that's the other thing that I think might be possible is I we may have not just metaphorically poked that damn bear and um that's scary if you think about it yeah and no it is and that's that's becoming a more and more common sentiment out there and even on chinwag they kind of talked about it and the um the 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 dark forest or lone forest theory and stuff and which essentially is you know because a lot of these SETI and these places that are like research, you know, um, aliens, they try to send messages out there in this sort of dark forest areas. Maybe don't do that because they, because you don't know who's out there and you may, you know, you may be just putting a big target on your back if they are a warring culture or whatever, or not, like you said, just knowing the way humans were 
violent and and everything like that we might have done something <laughs> we might have poked something and if they have the travel to get here we have no shot because we don't have i mean we have space travel that works sometimes and like but in but shit explodes all the time still i mean 19 i remember watching that on tv when the challenger mm -hmm. exploded i mean in school watching that and uh so you know we have no shot if somebody can get to our from another galaxy or even an even just something beyond the moon we don't have that capability so we're screwed so that's a yeah. great point so another possibility okay so i have a couple possibilities and I understand if i'm being long-winded you can tell me and i will but so here's my thought if it's always been we we can't know about aliens and they're trying to hide aliens supposedly to protect us or maybe they think our minds are gonna melt if we think there's life other than us in the universe which would be wildly naive to think obviously um mm -hmm. but maybe they thought our brains couldn't handle that so now if now if they think our our tiny little dumb brains can handle it what can't we handle it's got to be another thing that they think could melt our mind so my other possible thoughts are if it's not aliens that are going to melt our mind in the fact that they exist the other possibilities are life after death which is something that they deny and they hide and they whatever or another possibility is they've been playing around with cloning and bringing back species that don't belong in our time because they're extinct for a reason and I, and I don't mean like something that recently went extinct. Uh, possibly a new Jurassic Park is happening. Someone messed up. Uh, are they gonna come out and say, oh, hey, uh, COVID was on purpose. I don't know. Like it's gotta be something they, they think is gonna completely wreck our mind that they're telling us this. I, 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 I can I could totally see that. And that me like, if you're coming, if you're coming, looking at it from that angle that makes a hundred percent sense you know what i mean because uh, now they feel we can handle it there's something that they yeah no it, i mean the logic the logic tracks i mean it could be i mean is there time travel is there it could be a, a so it's uh it's uh oh time travel you know have they gone did they fuck up a timeline did they <laughs> and now we're now we're on the darkest timeline i mean it, it's there is there yeah i i hadn't taken it that way but now i i can i can see it <laughs> yeah well yeah. the government hasn't been known for being super straightforward with us so yeah, I, yeah i'm it's intriguing to say the very least and they have looked into all of these things. They had Project Looking Glass, which was a time travel. They, we, we know of Project Blue Book. We know these are all things that they have a hundred percent looked into. And uh, you know, whether or you know, bioengineering and bringing back extinct. It's so. It's uh, you know, they did ESP. They they wanted to make a whole army of people with, that had ESP in the past and shit so it's yeah we're living in an interesting times that is for sure that, that is absolutely um one last thing i want to mention that's off topic but i just wanted to tell you because i forgot and i remembered as we were talking i i have started watching your honor oh ooh. and how do we feel 
I like it a lot. I'm at so um um episode six, seven, somewhere in there, or something like that. Uh, I I really like it. I always like Brian Cranston. I will say it was, and now you know he's, you know, the 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 fan or the father of you know his son kills the kid in the car accident and now his father's the gangster there gangster already threatened to kill him i'm at that point now where the grant they figured out it was well they figured out it was the car and you know they don't know it's the son yet i don't know if they will but uh so brian cranston's character and now that he's going to do all these lies and everything i was really getting walter white vibes like yep. when, with the lies and stuff especially like when he would lie to the family and stuff like when he would lie yeah Skyler and everybody I just like oh, 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 oh this is it. I'm getting but yes good recommendation I'm really liking it thus far so good it's I yeah and season two like I said holds up I like season two I won't say I like it more than season one but it absolutely hold, holds up and kept my attention and I who would have thought watching Malcolm in the middle when the dad Hal and getting getting shaved in the intro with it by his wife in the kitchen would eventually be people like Walter White and this he's so creepy like not creepy like he's so intimidating though and it's yeah. but not in a like he's gonna beat you up sort of way in a you don't really want to trust him sort of way because he's I don't know like I don't know why he's so intimidating like like that but he's he's not he's not hal in the kitchen getting his back shaved though no he's he's your fucking that your your cold sort of no, uh unaffected father or stepfather or grandfather that just seen some shit doesn't yell per se but just is intimidating as fuck for some yep. reason just that old school toughness to him that's just they don't they don't really make that anymore in people. Like, I don't think no. I'll have that when I'm older. It's just, it, it's like a certain generation of people. And he's just, yeah, he's great. And yeah, I think he was there. Him and Aaron Paul actually show up in an episode of It's Always Sunny, this this most recent season that just finished of It's Always Sunny. And it is fucking great. It's because they're taught they they keep calling Aaron Paul the Sunny guys keep calling Aaron Paul Mr. Malcolm. They think that he's Malcolm from Malcolm in the Middle, and uh, that's it's, funny. It's great, but yes, thank you for the wreck because I was. It's so far, it's a great show. So. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. That was yeah, it, absolutely a great watch. <sighs> okay, well. If you don't have anything else, if you'd like to jump into your cryptid, I feel like we've talked these poor people's ears off for long enough that they're here for the good stuff, so we should get to it. Yes, I agree. Time for the cryptid. So, um, and just one, it's not, it's on topic here. I just some one of our, a guy I work with who listens to our show, big fan, likes it. He asked me a question and uh, he, he said, uh, he goes, you know, you, you qualify yourself as a skeptic. You, you, you say you're a skeptic and, but, and, but you want it all to be true. Why don't you and Shay 
when uh, on these stories go in harder on some of these people or you know really um you know debunk these things and so i i I was like, oh, that's a good question that I think I, I'd like to address on here. And I talked to him about the reason why, for me specifically, there's there's two major reasons, and then there's a lot of other things. But the one is I always want to be respectful of everybody, even if I don't agree with you. There's stuff on here, and I have um, that you know, like I don't go super deep in my personal beliefs or something like into politics or um, I, I, you know, whatever you believe, that's fine. I'm not, even if I think it's silly, I don't want, and I would never want to make somebody feel bad about uh, something like that. My second, and I think a bigger for me, and the reason I don't go in hard on these people, even if I don't believe it a hundred percent, or even I don't, I, even if I only believe 10% of it or whatever percentage is, I believe that these people believe yep. and i think and, and that's what i said to him and i and that's what it is i i believe that they believe whatever happened to him happened to him and that's enough for me so i don't need to put my stamp on it and do anything for me this show is about you know showing you guys and shay some cool cryptids some strange encounters that maybe we haven't seen haven't heard of and just have fun talking about this fun stuff so just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, I like that. And I, and I, a thousand percent agree. Yeah. You know, so anyway, so the cryptids this week. So there's, um, New York's got quite, you know, quite a few uh, cryptids, Bigfoot, you know, your standards, uh, Chupacabra, some have even said Jersey Devil being so close to Jersey. Um, I found this great article with some of these sort of more obscure ones with Native American folklore to it, like Hi-Hat and the demon monsters and stuff, Hellhounds, well, that's not sort of even just Native American, but I couldn't find a ton of info on them beyond that one article, and I was bummed because there were some really cool ones, and then they have their lake monsters, Ness, uh, Ch uh, Champ and uh, Georgie Lake Champ from Lake Champlain. I'm not into really into water cryptids. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Nessie girl all day, but that's that's not. I, there's not too many other ones that like grab me a lot. Yeah, I mean they're cool, but they don't do too much. I don't know. So, um, so, but then I found I stumbled on one that I hadn't heard of, and it's it's a very strange one. Have you heard of the Blob Monster, aka the Kinderhook Blob? No, and I don't know if I hold on. I can't. I don't. Have we ever done a blob? I don't even think we've ever done a blob before. I don't think so. I couldn't remember. I, I wasn't sure. But what happens to me sometimes is as I'm researching something after about, you know, four note cards worth of notes, I'll be like, did we talk about this? And I think it's just me remembering what I wrote. <laughs> and then I get all confused. But yeah, I don't remember ever talking about a blob. And this is a strange one. Uh, I had never heard of it, uh, but this creature or thing, whatever you want to call it, has been spotted no less than six times in upstate New York. Um, the most recent happen 
happening in 2017, just six years back. It has been described as an amorphous floating white shape, or others have said a white formless figure, figure, or yet others have said a big white blob over seven feet tall. So it is said to release a high-pitched whistling or screeching sound that is almost in a register humans cannot hear. It's right on the cusp of like being like a dog whistle. It's so high-pitched. Witnesses often claim they get a feeling like they are being watched or stalked. Then they hear a scream before actually seeing this thing. So I'm going to discuss a few of the eyewitness accounts. Um, they're not super long, um, but give you a sort of idea. So the first reported account was by 10-year-old Bruce Hollenbach and his seven-year-old cousin, Chari or Kari, I'm not really so sure, it's C-H-A-R-I. Um, and this happened in 1962. While playing in the woods behind his house, they both heard a high-pitched whistle sound. So being curious young boys, they went looking for the source of this ear-piercing sound and eventually spotted something. They would both go on to say or describe a large white formless figure seemed to be leering at them. And this was despite the fact that it had no eyes that they could see. Obviously terrified, the two boys hightailed it out of there, not stopping until they reached Bruce's home. So a few years would pass without any encounters until it was spotted by a man hiking. As he was hiking, all of a sudden, he spotted a big white blob floating towards him. Obviously frightened, he took off running. Reportedly so frightened, he jumped clear across a pond that was six feet wide. <laughs> the man... <Wow. laughs> yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. Uh, the man would return to investigate a short time later with a very skeptical friend. And this time, they were armed with shovels and pitchforks. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah. People. You know, That's not cool. <laughs> but when they saw it, this time they were so startled, they dropped the weapons and took off running. The next or third encounter was some say in 1964, but although some dispute this and saying it was 78, I believe it's 78 because the first was supposedly 62. And then the second supposedly happened a few years after that. So I believe it probably is 1978, but I don't know. Um, friends, Barry Scott and Russell Lee, 14 years old, were camping in the woods. According to the two, the first sign that something was up was they heard tramping outside their tent or something, I guess something trampled or, you know, walking around their tent. Again, how something floats and something tramps, I don't know how that works, but so they peeked outside the tent and saw an entity almost identical to other reports, except this time it looked more like a ghost or apparition than a typical blob. Both claimed that it seemed to float rather than walk. 
Barry would go on to describe it as bell-shaped, whereas Russell described it as looking like the Virgin Mary. And uh, so it's, it's kind of a big discrepancy in their descriptions, but, you know, maybe Russell came from a religious household because then he's looking at it through a religious lens. Um, so they would stay in their tents frightened until they were sure it was gone. The final encounter I'm going to discuss is the most recent. In 2017, Kinderhook residents Owen Farley and Anthony Malinowski were out on a walk when they spotted something strange. First, the men said they felt a very noticeable drop in the temperature, followed by a high-pitched screech. Then they saw a white blob around seven feet tall come out of the woods and floated towards them. Just like all the others, they ran away terrified. Um, so that's about it for this cryptid, if we call it. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. This is a strange one. Is it a cryptid? Is it a ghost? Is it a man? Is it? I don't know. I so I, so I like that it's kind of like non-shaped. I like that it. There's no rhyme or reason to how it looks it it almost like when they're describing it they said there you said it was almost that it could be like white but it was like almost like gelatinous looking like blob looking obviously and it's to me it almost sounds like and it's a little far-fetched but it sounds a little bit almost like it could just be a giant ball of plasma energy because it moves and it morphs and it shifts and people it obviously can make some contact with energy. It can make contact. It might be subtle contact, but it can make contact. But in that concentration, it'll probably be huge contact. I like that. I haven't thought about plasma energy. I'm really, I like that a lot. Because it, 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 like I said, this is a strange one. This is, I, uh, I, I never heard of anything like this. It's funny how this thing with no eyes and no sort of form, like you said, but everybody gets the feeling that they're being watched, regardless. It's a very, a very strange feature to this, this thing. So it's kind of cool, though, because if you think about it, so if we, if we think a little bit more about the plasma thought of it, um, a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times, that feeling of being watched is via a manipulation in the electromagnetic field around you which plasma would do yeah, which an energy ball like that would do yeah so you said something i want to backtrack a little bit in the, in the very beginning when you open it about your cryptid about um <laughs> about not not being super into like the different water cryptids because there's a lot of them and they do they, they can only mm. do so much or whatever um, and I'm reminded of one of my one of my all-time favorite comedians, unfortunately no longer with us, but um, you know who Mitch Hedberg is, right? Oh, funny. I knew you were going to say, when somebody says their all-time favorite, but it's dead now, I always go because Mitch Hedberg, he's so good. 
He is. So he does this one for anybody not wondering, for anyone not aware of who Mitch Hedberg is or what I'm about to talk about. He does this really, really quick little segment about um, an above ground pole. And it's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you the quotes. It's, it's short, but it's funny. I saw a commercial, sorry. I saw a commercial for an above ground pool. It was 30 seconds long because that's a maximum amount of time you can picture yourself having fun in an above ground pool. If it was 31 seconds, the actor would say, <laughs> oh, the water's only up to here. What do I do now? Throw the ball back to Jimmy or put some goggles on and look at his feet. And it cracks me freak up because you're sitting there thinking like they really can't do much and then all I'm thinking is Mitch Hedberg like oh I'm gonna put some goggles on and look at his feet because that's really they can swim and eat people who swim (laughs) so yeah that's great that's it I love that analogy Uh, one of my favorite Mitch Hedbergs I know and it's real quick because he's the king of the one-liners is people handing out flyers If, if, when somebody hands you a flyer, they're just saying to you, here, you throw this away. Because <laughs> it's true. Anytime somebody hands you like a flyer, you're walking down the road, you look at it for a second and you're just like, all right, where's the close trash can? <laughs> and just, yep. he's so it's, good. I like the one he does about uh, like buying a house or apartment hunting, whichever one it is. But he was talking about a, he, something like, who and who are you to tell me how many bedrooms I can have in my house? Oh, look. This bedroom has an oven in it. This bedroom is in that guy's house. And I, I could watch that bit a hundred <laughs> times over. And when he, every time he says this bedroom has an oven in it, or this bedroom is AKA a hallway, I seriously die every time. He's, he's so friggin' funny. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but <sighs> no, your cryptid is awesome though. I, I love, and yeah, I, I really can't think of any other time we've done a blob. And the whistling and screeching is one of two things I think I could hear disembodied that no matter what, I'm, it's going to send chills right up my spine. And it's it's the whistling or the screeching and the sound, the kid sounds, like kids or babies laughing and crying. That mm-hmm. when you don't know exactly where it's coming from, you picture yourself somewhere dark and doesn't really belong there because you don't know what's there that would be making that noise. Yeah, that's that paints a whole different whole different picture than it would if it didn't have the sound with it i agree i agree a hundred percent especially like a street every time i hear a whistle now i always think of negan um for that with that specific whistle that he did um but uh yeah i agree a hundred percent on that so what's funny about that is when eric and i are in the store we're shopping somewhere together and we get separated or he has to go grab something or I have to go grab something else. Uh, that's actually how we find each other in the store. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> and we've been doing it. We did it at first, obviously, because Negan's on and it was new or whatever. But we should, we've just now just kept doing it because it's super convenient. But what's really funny since we started, since since Negan came about and showed us the savior whistle, um, every once in a while, I'd say maybe even less than a handful of times we've actually had other people whistle back and it's wicked funny that's hilarious too that is i can see that though definitely it's such a well-known but that's that's awesome (laughs) yeah no and it's and for like a split second because i'm a kid a giant child very immature is when you said that it was tramping for like a split second just a split second I, I thought we were going into another cryptid junk conversation because I wasn't 100% sure what you meant by tramping. 
and I assumed, you know, <laughs> being no. a little trampy. <laughs> so. No. Just walking around or whatever, make rustling <laughs> that that kind of tramping, I guess. <laughs> That's yeah, better. That makes being a tramp and tramping are very different things. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, have you got anything else on your cryptid? I do not. All right. Then I have the hunt today. Time for the hunt. And I'm gonna. There was there was a lot of places I could have talked about, and and honestly, due to due to either privacy concerns for the people involved, or honestly, not a ton of information. There were a couple that I did pass up on, which is uh, like the Amityville House, which is in New York. Um, great story. Google it. Form your opinion. Let us know what you think on our Facebook page because I'm curious. Um, and then the other one that I wanted to do. But it didn't have quite have as it didn't quite have the history or the uh, stuff to back it up as I was hoping it did. It is Sleepy Hollow Cemetery the horror lover in me, the love of cemeteries, everything, every part of me wanted to do the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. But I found somewhere that I think is going to grab you a little bit more. I'm going to talk today about Washington Square Park. You know where Washington Square Park is, right? Oh yeah, yes, yes. All right. So I don't know this... there. So. Oh, there is you're in for a treat then, because wow, there's this it's huge, it's crazy. Um now Washington Square Park. In the 17th century, it was uh near a Native American settlement uh, that they called the tobacco field. And also it was near a Dutch settlement called um New Amsterdam. So during the revolution, most of the land by this point had been used for farming. It would eventually be acquired by the Common Council of New York. Part of that land would be used as a potter's field or a public cemetery, largely for unidentified or unclaimed bodies. The burial grounds would be heavily utilized during the yellow fever when it hit New York, killing dozens. Uh, a lot of the victims of the yellow fever at that time buried there were prisoners. Um, the cemetery was closed in 1825 after more than 20,000 people were buried there. That's huge, like that's unmarked, awful. unknown, that's awful. That's a ton of people, holy shit. No, after closing the Potter's Field, the city of New York purchased some of the remaining land and it would become where part of Times Square and the famous parade route lie. So, you know, if you've been to New York, there's a chance that you've stood right here. Now, Washington Square Park was initially going to be just another place for cars to drive through for transportation or whatnot. But it's actually thanks to Eleanor Roosevelt why instead of yet another place for cars to pass, it's a delightful park for anyone looking to take a stroll or get fit and get some cardio in. Um, Despite all its changes over time, one thing hasn't changed though. And it's the fact that well over 300 of the bodies are thought to still remain under the ground in the park. Wow. Yep. Um, now, during the day, it's visitors say that it's very 
picturesque and it's very peaceful and it's a great place to walk and it's beautiful and whatnot. But the people who walk there in the evening say that it's quite a different feel from what you get during the day. Some of the claims are cold spots that don't quite make any sense on a hot summer night. Um, you get chatter, uh, footsteps, you can hear uh, disembodied like chatter, like I said. And another, another cool thing that they have is there are some trees and it seems like from the description, it seems like this might be on the outskirts of the park, but there's a tree that was thought to be a hanging tree. And it's even said that you can see the apparition of a woman thought to possibly be Rose Butler hanging from it because she was thought to have been executed in that tree or by that tree, however you want to say it, um, for burning down the house that she was working at. Wow. Yeah. On top of it, so we have all of these things. You have the Native American settlement. You have the Dutch settlement, which is going to lead to activity. You have uh, all of the unclaimed people being buried there, which is going to obviously, I don't know, it's, it's going to bring a whole different air to the place. And it's, and it's super creepy. But I picked it because I really thought the history on this and the fact that it's proven they absolutely know and they don't deny that there are still bodies under it. But that's all I have for the Washington Square Park. Great choice. I had no idea about this. I love that area, Washington Square. I mean, like you said, it's right where, you know, Times Square, all that good stuff. And it's, um, no, I had no idea. 20,000, that's insane. And then to still, I mean, have 300 uh, it, it, that they, at least 300 that they know of bodies under there. I mean, it makes sense why it's so haunted. I, I, I mean, just, we know how burial grounds were, are, and then you add in the Native American stuff to it. I mean, it just, it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, hanging trees, I am fascinated by, and it, in a morbid way, like, because obviously they are terrible things and, you know, and, you know, usually it was for lynchings and so, but I find them fascinating because anytime you hear about it, like that, oh yeah, this was a hanging tree, like 99.9% of the time, that hanging tree is haunted and you see the apparition and you see a or multiple people that have been hung from that tree and it makes sense because that is a violent way to die um especially you know especially if it's not like even if the government's doing an execution it's still a violent way to die but if, if you're getting lynched or what have you it's even more violent so the that negative energy but i just find them fascinating um but wow that's really really cool and the fact that it's this one i mean it's a it's a big area so it's yeah no this was great great choice definitely gonna look at it different next time i'm in new york which probably be by the end of the year because i love new york so definitely check it out so great choice well thank you very much um yeah no it's it 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 was fun researching and honestly i I didn't touch on everything. So that's something else I think people should do a deep dive in because I could have talked all day. I didn't know where to cut out. So I just kind of cut where I cut. But it, there is so much more history. There's so much more. There's so much more to it. Everybody should check it out. Nice. All right. Well, 
You got anything else on on the haunt I did? Um, no, I don't think so. All right, you want to jump on into your strange encounter? Time for the strange encounter. Sure, yeah. So, New York, again. Uh, so, like, as I struggled with the cryptid, I did struggle with the strange encounter as well, because New York's a fairly active state, especially upstate New York. You get up into the Adirondacks and all of that. Um, you know, there's there's stuff, but, you know, uh, there, and there's, like, famous ones and I didn't really want to rehash them because there's not a lot of new info on a lot of the fame you know the bigger ones that happen up there and then the rest are just like I saw a light in the sky so there's not too much to it um so this one's really really it's it's different than your normal UFO encounter and I had never heard of this um have you heard about the 1920 incident in North Tonawanda New York doesn't ring a bell. Okay. I had never heard of it. And again, this is different than your our typical or the typical UFO stuff or alien stuff that I do. But uh, so the relatively quiet town of North Tonawana, New York, was once the site of a very strange happening that is still a mystery today, a hundred years later. North Tonawanda, or the Lumber City, as it is known by locals, was officially incorporated in 1897. It lies along the shores of the mighty Niagara River and the Erie Canal. So, what happened? Well, despite this town's relatively peaceful history, for 10 days in 1920, citizens of the town were visited, or some say tormented, by something in the sky. So most of the eyewitnesses would go on to describe a humanoid, sort of robed, lighter than air scarecrow floating in the sky. With some claiming it had Native American features such as a headdress or mask. A few of the more religious locals would claim it's it was either the Virgin Mary or Jesus or Moses or even God. But this was a small subsect of the community. And I kind of touched on it before. If you know, if you're a religious person, you kind of look at things through a religious lens. So maybe that's what you saw. Um, it was also witnessed by quote, unquote, and I did the, my hand quotes too, guys, that you can't see. Pillars of the community, like a policeman and politician. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. All right. <laughs> I just I, I just took the note as it was in the in the resource I was using. Yeah. Uh, so as the days wore on. <laughs> This thing, this monster, this ghost, this entity, whatever, would continue to appear in the sky, often just before dusk. But witnesses claim to see it at all different times of the day. Um, it was, and it was said to fly about 15 to 20 feet above cars, pedestrians, or bikers, and like bicyclists, uh, on the streets of North Tonawanda. It would actually bring traffic to a standstill as the residents were curious and 
uh, and spooked by this thing in the sky. Some even said that it would buzz cars. I don't know what that meant. Buzz cars. I, I just, I, I tried to find more info on that, but that's what some said. Um, so after a few days of this thing appearing in the sky, a local bicycle club vowed to end the chaos and catch the creature. They would then break off into smaller groups with each group monitoring an area that it had previously been seen. They would even have people monitoring the sky from their homes and telephone other lookouts if they saw something that would, if they saw something. That would then be relayed to a team on the streets. According to some of the club members, they actually were able to surround the creature at one point. But as they got closer, as they were closing in on it, it flew straight up and disappeared into the clouds, never to be seen again. So, what is it? Is it a ghost? Is it a cryptid? Alien? What's a blob monster? I mean, is it a blob monster like earlier? I don't know, but some have come now to call it the Tonawanda Mothman. And I tried to figure out why, you know, do some research as to why they might. I mean, they both fly, I guess, apparently they're both in the sky. Um, and so I looked to see if there was any sort of catastrophe or anything, because that's what we, we know the Mothman usually was spotted before some event, the, you know, usually bad event happened. The only thing I could find was that there was a pretty bad fire in 1920 in the town of Tonawanda. Um, but even that, I don't know if the fire happened before or after because the dates, I could not find specific dates for the sightings or the fire because it's the early 1900s, record keeping wasn't as good. So, but um, there was a fire. So maybe, maybe that's why. But that is the strange encounter. So, yeah, I, so we've had strange encounters that were like, oh, this this could kind of be a cryptid, or we've even had them that are, oh, this could kind of be, kind of be a haunt. I don't recall ever having one that I genuinely feel really could have fit all three, because that, that's, cause, because what is it? There's no, I like that it's humanoid. I, and it's going to sound, it's going to sound mean when I say this, and I don't mean this in a mean way. I like anything that stocks lumberjacks. I don't want anybody to ever hurt a lumberjack. That's not what I mean. I don't mean go out and stock a lumberjack, but like anything for some reason, that lore, like the woodsman lore is because uh, you're just, you're just nowhere. And you're, you're just, I don't know. I, I like anything that kind of centers itself in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually a great point too, because lumberjacks are, there are quite, quite a few um cryptids that are, are uh with uh, associated with lumberjacks i mean there's a lot you got razor shins that so that's actually a, yeah that's a great point too um yeah it was just it was, like i said it's not the normal sort of encounter that I, I at least i do um but it was so strange i had to talk about it because it just for 10 days this happened I, and these people uh, like 
everybody, even even a policeman and politician. <laughs> so, uh, Very incredible. <laughs> but um, yeah, just that's got to be so weird, especially in 1920 when you're not you're not seeing airplanes in the sky and shit. No. So it's like that's one where when the people thought it would might have been the Virgin Mary, I could see that people being religious and not seeing something that that makes sense to me that you might think that, but yeah, their minds must have been blown by this fucking thing that it like in 1920 to see this for 10 days straight. Absolutely wild. No, absolutely. I I feel like I'm I still have your cryptid in my head too. Like this has been a very interesting episode. I still have your cryptid in my head. And I want to make sure I'm not messing up the descriptions. What does this one look like again? What is what is your strange encounter look like again? Uh the strange encounter was a humanoid sort of robe. Like so I guess that means like some people thought it might have like had a robe, some sort of robe on. Which would make sense again to those people that thought it was, um, you know, Jesus or something. Sort of robed, lighter than air, scarecrow, with some saying it had like a, either a Native American headdress or a Native American mask on it. So, but a lot scarecrow, like a uh, scarecrow, was the most common thought that it looked like a floating sort of scarecrow. Because that's yeah. That's no, that's that's awesome. I I don't even know. That's <laughs> that's so. It's just so cool because I I I really love. I I'm feel like I'm almost even more inclined to believe when a mythology of sorts or a, a cryptid of sorts or whatever you want to call it uh, centers itself the way that does. And I'm I because now I'm gonna deep dive that, and I feel like everybody else should too. Because or even just cryptids of that nature in general you look up the uh you know like the, the fearsome critters or the the tea oh the tea kevlar um uh the canula humanoid you, you, there's so many things just stocking out there in the woods that is uh or, or in rural areas or whatnot right, that make make things a lot more interesting yes definitely yeah it's an interesting one guys definitely you yeah, uh if you do decide to do your own research and you find some stuff that we didn't talk about, yeah, just send it over to us. It's our, hit us up for sure. Yep, definitely. All right. Have you got anything else for me today? I do not. All right. Everybody, thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week when we set up camp in Idaho. Until then, happy camping. Thanks, guys. Bye. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod, no spaces, or on Twitter, ScareYourPantsOffPodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to scare your pants off nine at gmail see you next time